listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. I think this uh, $3.5 million bat, not only is it on the tip of everyone's tongue, but we really have an exclusive for the show, pregame.com, on why it's the best odds the fellow Mattress Mac could have gotten. Yeah, it was big bucks bet on the bucks, RJ. Mattress Mac, a furniture store owner in Houston. He's known for making big bets on major sporting events. He placed a $3.46 million bet on the bucks plus three and a half. That was placed earlier today. Okay, so plus three and a half, yes, minus 127. So, as most of you know, is when you bet a spread, there's also a lay price. Typically, it's minus 110, minus 110, no matter which side you take. So, plus three and a half, minus 110, minus three and a half, minus 110. And that 20 cent straddle is what they call is the bookie's vig, all right? His vigorous, his commission. Now, we've often talked about where three and a half to three is such a big jump for football. They don't like to make it all at once. They'd rather have the money line be adjusted. Well, minus three and a half, or plus three and a half minus 127 is pretty much the same as plus three minus 110. It's right in that range, almost 20 cents. So really, we're thinking, wait a minute, this guy is making a gigantic bet. In general, you're supposed to get favorable terms. Right? You always hear, you make it up in volume, you get a volume uh, discount. Well, how many little $20 betters are going to walk in? How many Barneys at the bar does it take to make $3.5 million? <laughs> More than a few. So, why wouldn't he get, why wouldn't Mattress Mac get a preferable preferential price? And I wasn't sure about it. Steve Fezzik, though, on the case, is he a journalist? I don't think so, by the technical definition. But you've got some inside info on this. Yeah, so I got connections, and I know that Anthony... <laughs> oh, oh, I got connections. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, I know Anthony Curtis, who's local here in Las Vegas, has advised Mattress Mac in the past, and Mattress Mac has come out to Vegas, made bets based upon some recommendations Anthony has given him. Now, let's be clear. Historically, these have been hedging opportunities or hedging situations in that Mattress Mac in that Houston area has had a lot of, um, uh, let's say, promotions in which, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, it'd be something like, you buy a mattress for me, and if the Houston Astros win the title or if X or Y happens, you get this. And it's like a nice reward. It's almost like you got a ticket, a sportsbook ticket. And the theory is, if it doesn't happen, well, Mattress Mac had that promotion for free, effectively. If it does come close to happening, at some point before it happens, he can hedge himself out. So, let's say it's a one in four chance of it happening at some point. He could say, okay, I'm going to bet a quarter of my amount on it. And now, I've guaranteed no matter what happens, I'm fine. So, it only costs him a quarter rather than 100%. Though, in theory, if he doesn't hedge at all and it doesn't happen, he doesn't lose anything. But just like insurance, typically, let's say NCAA tournament, they have a billion dollars if you have a perfect bracket. Mm -hmm. Even though that's very unlikely, those companies typically will take out insurance on it and pay a small amount of money to make sure they don't get crushed if it happens. This is an official insurance, but by hedging, you're creating where you pay a percentage of it and you guarantee you don't get crushed. That that would be 
what Mattress Mac has done generally. Would you agree? Yes, and that's what he's doing here. He does have liability if the Bucks win the Super Bowl. So he had some promotion that gave him liability if the Bucks win. So his theory is I bet the Bucks. And if they win, I take the winnings from the bat and pay out my liability. Exactly, yes. And so he had to make a decision whether to play the money line, which would completely protect himself, or get greedy and essentially play for the middle and take the points. Because now if Tampa... Yeah, so let's think about this. So, his bill comes, Mattress Mag, if Tampa Bay wins, correct? That's when he yes. owes. Yes. So it makes sense. In theory, you would say, okay, bet Tampa Bay on the money line. Get plus money, and you can bet less than the bill. So I don't know what the bill is. Has that been published? What, he, what his no. exposure is? So let's say it's three and a half million. What's the current money line price on Tampa Bay Bucks? Get right around plus one forty-five. So plus one forty-five. So the theory is whatever amount you'd have to bet to get. Plus one forty-five that to make three and a half million, so it'd be less than three and a half million. We could figure it out with a calculator real quick. That you know, two point five million, wherever that amount would be. Be right about risk two million to win two point nine because he's going to win two point seven on this wager. Okay. He's risking three point four six. You to get win any more 2. numbers 7. for us? Hit us for the few. Go two, four, <laughs> six, eight. Who do you appreciate? Okay, so some amount would get him less than the three point four million. Yes. Okay. He's saying no. I don't want to do that. What he's saying is, I'm going to take the normal lay price, in this case, even more, minus 127, but now I got a chance to make money. Because if, if Tampa, and go ahead, explain that. Yeah, so if Tampa happens to lose by one, two, or three, well, now Mattress Mac is not on the hook for any promotions because Tampa didn't win the Super Bowl, but yet he still cashes his plus three and a half ticket that he's placing to cover that liability. Okay, now that's very interesting. I don't see how it makes this price the right number, though. So that that's I, I get that there can be a debate between should he play the money line and correlate his exposure to the bet exactly, or he could do it this way and have that corridor one, two, or three in which he would not have the liability but still win. But still, when someone just bet plus three and a half minus one fifteen for big money. Why is he betting plus three and a half minus one twenty seven? Because DraftKings has a VIP program that, for the biggest bettors, has incentives and bonuses that are substantial. I don't have the exact details; those aren't disclosed. You're further reporting as you continue that. Yes, and because of that, essentially, he's not. If you figure in the the value of that, he's betting plus three and a half at about minus one hundred five instead of minus one twenty seven. If you factored in the value of all these incentives on the uh, bus. Plus three and a half. So he paid minus 127, and the line was uh, Tampa Bay plus three and a half. Mattress Mac did from Houston. If you wanted to buy that half point, if you went to a casino right now that's only offering it at plus three, Tampa plus three, but you wanted them at plus three and a half, what would the line be, and how much VIG would you have to pay on that right now? Great question. So the true price is about 20 cents, if not a little less. With the casino's chart, they never are going to give it to you at a fair price. So typically, Fez, we're looking at twenty-five cents, maybe thirty cents. Yeah, twenty-five to thirty is pretty much industry industry standard. All of it too much. So that's a great example. Let's say it's minus one ten, and you could get plus three. The normal flat minus one ten. You want to go to three and a half, which you would with Tampa, right? You'd buy the half point yeah. on the dog. 
you would then, if it was 20, lay minus 130, plus 3.5, minus 130. But chances are they charge you at least 25, so minus 135. So, in general, you could probably get plus 3.5, minus 135, which means minus 127 is even better, even yeah. without the rebates or whatever. But remember, there's other casinos. That's a beauty, like a gas station or some across the street. You could get plus 3.5, minus 115. Is that still the line? It the- is still the line at the MGM. So that was what every other show, well, probably half the shows are going, oh my God, 3.5 million. Ah, we're a sports betting show. Okay, so forget those for a second. Then there's people saying, wow, 3.5 million, that's a lot. Wonder why he laid 127 instead of 115 at the Mirage? Because I see right here on my screen it says, you know, MGM Mirage has minus or plus three and a half, minus 115. That guy must be dumb. But Steve Fezzik, only on Straight Out of Vegas, says, oh no, I know the guy who advised Mattress Mac, and here's what's really happening, Anthony Curtis. And we see effectively he got a better price than the guy at minus 115, plus three and a half. At the MGM, pretty strong. What do you think of that, Jonas? Uh, I, uh, that's very interesting. I didn't think about it in that much depth as far as just sort of the reasoning behind certain prices. But you know, the players' card and all that stuff brought back a lot of memories for me when I was about twenty-one, twenty-two. So, <laughs> right out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Jonas, the thing from yesterday I thought that was really compelling was the idea that Tampa Bay, in so many ways, seemed to have such an advantage in this game. that In a way, it's kind of like we were trying to understand why Kansas City is even favored. And people might say, well, obviously Kansas City is the better team. But it's like, well, wait a minute. Who has the better defense? And it was obviously Tampa Bay, right? They have the better defense. Well, who has the better offensive line? Well, obviously Tampa Bay, at least with the injury situation today. Who has the better playmakers? Well, you can debate it, but with Antonio Brown back and all the reality, you'd say maybe pretty much even. Okay, even. That's fine. All right. Well, what's left? Who has the better quarterback? Now, Tom Brady's the GOAT of all time, as in his performance over that career. But Tom Brady today isn't better than Mahomes. And you could make the case Mahomes heights. What he's done in the last year is as high as any quarterback's ever been. This is the GOAT of a given, let's say, calendar year. How much better is Mahomes than Brady today? And Fez, your theory was about three and a half points, correct? Exactly, yes. Mahomes better. But even if you adjust that, you're thinking, wait, the line's about three. And if Mahomes is about three and a half points better, but Tampa has the edge in everything else seemingly, or at least is even or has the edge, well, why isn't the line pick them, let's say? Right. Right? And we thought about it. We talked about it on this show. We talked about it on the podcast after we did. And it dawns on me it's about that difference between 2021 today and, let's say, 15 years ago, 2005 or so, is back then defense meant almost as much as offense. Football Outsiders has a ratio. They say there's about eight units of football, four for offense, three for defense, one for special teams. And that's always kind of been generally what people have felt. Now, do we really think that the defense is almost as important as the offense? 
If you look at the rankings, McKenzie, throw up those numbers where we had the defensive rankings. We were looking at the final four teams in the conference you know, championship round. And if you look at the offense, the offense was pretty much like one, two, three, and five were the four final teams. Right? <laughs> yes. And the defense was, it looked like almost like random numbers. If as in, you're the one that said that. I thought it was right on point. If you look at the, and again, we're looking at DVOA, EPA, a lot of different stats. And right now, if you look at the defense, the defense for those final four teams was 13, 6, 18, and 10. So the four teams were ranked 13th, 8th, 18th, or uh, 13th, 6th, 18th, and 10th. That seems like about random numbers being pulled out. <laughs> yeah, just average teams so, on defense. So obviously offense is more important than defense today. Also, passing is more important than running, both defensively defending it and offensively doing it, gaining the yards. And if you look, isn't it interesting? Kansas City's edge is on offense, a quarterback over Tampa. Tampa's edge is defense over their defense. And all of a sudden, those edges aren't equal anymore. It's offense matters so much more. And oh, by the way, Tampa on defense is number one against the run. Number one, and not so great against the pass, where Kansas City is horrible against the run, but okay against the pass. And you know what matters more? Passing. So their passing defenses are not equal, but they're close. Tampa just a little bit better. It's like 14th to 10th, but it's hardly a difference. The real difference comes on running the ball or running against them. And you know what? It doesn't really matter anymore. What this season is telling us, what these stats are telling us, and I want to get Jonas's thought, is your ability to pass the ball and your ability to defend the pass is pretty much all that matters. And if you're great at those two things, or even good, you're going to be good or great. And if you're great at running the ball, huh? I don't know. You might make the playoffs. You might not. If you're great at defending the run, you might make the playoffs. You might not. But tell me the team that's great at passing that isn't a good team. And tell me the team that's great at defending the pass that isn't a good team. The game has changed. Tampa Bay's being built. And this comes all the way to the coach. Bruce Arians is not a modern coach. He's not going through it on on fourth down. He's not running uh, or passing much on first down and second down like other teams. And even Andy Reid, though his age is similar to Arians, he's got a modern approach to the game going forward on fourth, et cetera, et cetera. This is really a tale of a 2005. If we went back in time and everyone played like they did in 2005, Tampa would be favored in this game. But it's correct that Kansas City is favored. What do you think, Jonas? Yeah, it kind of reminds me a little bit of, remember when Charles Barkley was all over Golden State? When Golden State started this Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Splash Brothers movement, and, and they sent those guys out there and they were shooting threes all game long, Charles Barkley said, yeah, it's not going to work in the postseason. Jump shooting teams can't win an NBA title. And they went on and had a dynasty. It's almost like we're seeing that in the NFL now to where the whole, you know, uh, you got to run the football and play good defense. And those are the teams that are going to be left standing at the end of that. That's all gone now. And we're having to adjust in the moment to what this new NFL is. That's a brilliant point, because I think the analogy is super strong that you just made. But I also think the following for every new age, this is the new normal. A lot of them are wrong. Like the one I disagree with is the Kyler Murray question. Can a, can or even the Kingsbury question? 
can a guy that has like a 30% win percentage in the Big 12 against all teams but Kansas, and we can just move Kansas out, can he be an NFL coach? And people are saying, well, if he's great at offense, he can't. I don't know. Can Murray at five foot whatever, and it's less than five foot eleven? I'll tell you that much. You I stood, towered over him. Right? I, I stood beside him, and I'll tell you this: I don't think a guy like that is able to take the hits and, and last seven or eight years. And even seven, eight years isn't a long career. I hope I don't have anything again. I hope he does. But I think the danger, Jonas, is there's always the new generation wants to say there's new rules, right? And oftentimes they're wrong. And to me. This feels like we finally have enough evidence that passing, and maybe it's the rules changing, maybe it's whatever, but in today's NFL, if you play like it's 2005, I think you're at a disadvantage, but let's be candid. And I'm not saying I'm ahead of everyone on everything, because there's a lot of different small podcasts and stuff that's talking about this, but on the national shows, on calling, on whatever, you're not hearing a lot about how the whole, you heard about the Bills, they can't run the ball. It doesn't matter. And until, there's going to be an interesting transition in the next couple years as this reality becomes more and more obvious, as, as the shows start to adopt it. But right now, most of them aren't. And I think you've got to be very careful of any analysis that doesn't acknowledge that. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. RJ, it is Super Bowl week, and Super Bowl week means prop bets from one Steve Fezzik. Yeah, and this week, remember, on Monday, we gave you the do's and don'ts, so we're only two in, so that means on Friday, we're going to have double best bet to make five. Um... On Monday, or I guess Tuesday, our best bet was Tampa Bay to receive the ball, minus 150. What's the current market on that, Fez? Right at minus 155. So it's moving up, up, up. It is. You still like it at one? Well, yeah, I mean, not as much, but you still like it, right? I do, yes. Uh, and the rationale is Tampa Bay took the, uh, they won the toss in week 16 and 17, and they didn't defer, which almost every team always does. They took the ball. They didn't win the toss in the three playoff games. They lost, they lost, they lost, which means we they've literally, the last two times they won the toss, they took the ball, which is rare in the NFL. Also, yesterday, Sammy Watkins over 37 receiving yards was my best bet. The rationale being, hey, the cheetah, Hill, killed him last time. They're not going to let Hill kill him this time, which weakens the other pass coverage. Current number on that, Fess? 37 still. So you move the number and I don't? Not yet. I think it's going to move yet. before Sunday, baby. Whatever it takes. All right. Do you have a best bet today? I do. We're going to go Tampa Bay sacks over one and a half minus 160. I love this bet. All right. So sacks over. So Tampa Bay sacks, is that them sacking? The defense. Yes. The de- defense is okay. going to get over one and a half sacks. So Mahomes is going down and down hard. He's going down hard. Tampa Bay has averaged 2.8 sacks per game. If you just bet this every one of their games, they'd be 14 and 5 year to date. But here's why I love this one, RJ. Kansas City's not given up many sacks over the course of a year. They're only given up around one and a half. 
But the O-line just got completely shuffled. Fisher went down. Three guys are going to play new positions for Kansas City with no practice, no game situation with that starting lineup that favors that Tampa Bay D-line. We're going Tampa Bay's defense over one and a half sacks. And what's the VIG? Minus 160. You just left that out, huh? I heard at the very beginning, but you might want to mention at the end, one and a half over. So that's Kansas City getting sacked, Tampa Bay sacking. Mahomes' foot was a question, his toe, uh, in the championship round. Two weeks are going to pass. Do you think that there's any – he might just go down instead of scramble in different spots? Is that an edge, you think? I think it's possible. Can't be sure, but yeah. certainly only helps us, right? Okay. I got a very important point to make about prop betting Kansas City, which applies to their O-line. Their O-line is really battered. And Fez makes a good point. If they just had to swap out one guy – I think it'd be better than the reshuffling. Because they have to reshuffle, they don't have any games to get ready. If they had just one game with the new lineup, it'd be very meaningful. I think that that's a big disadvantage for Kansas City. But you know what? Andy Reid knows it. And you know what? He's going to keep passing because he can't run. We know they don't run well. We talked about it earlier. So what kind of passes are they going to have? Short passes. Quick passes. Because if you pass 40-plus times and you make them long, Mahomes is going to get hurt. So to me, if you like unders in yardage, receptions, whatever, look at yards. I think the yards are still going to be under even though they pass a lot. If you like overs, go over receptions. Because I think you're going to see a lot of shorter passes. I'm not telling you go over or under, though generally I like unders. If you're betting an under on Kansas City's yardage, let's say the tight end, Kelsey, whatever, go under on his yardage. But if you like the over, go over on the receptions. I think this is the best advice you can get because people are going to overreact and say, oh, they're not going to run the ball or they're not going to pass the ball much. I think they will pass a good bit. I just think they're going to be shorter passes for Kansas City. Right out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. 